0: Hey guys, we are so excited that you're here. Welcome
1: to the Not Your Quick Fix podcast.
0: I'm Kara Goss, online registered dietitian
1: and health and fitness coach. And I'm Kylie Kaiser, online health and fitness coach,
0: and we're your hosts. This podcast is all about improving yourself physically and mentally. And y'all, neither of those things can be improved with a quick fix.
1: We are here to be real with you about your fitness and fat loss goals, your health, your mindset, and everything in between. If you're ready to open your mind to the process that self-improvement requires instead of always looking for the next quick fix, then this is your podcast. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Not Your Quick Fix podcast, you guys. Kara and I are back with another special guest for you coming off of last week with Joey. That was so much fun having that conversation and we love getting to bring different people with different just basically specialties and niches and different values to offer you to this podcast. So this week, we're back with somebody who I know, Karen, I both love following on Instagram. Those of you who have been around in my community for a while, she joined me when I was doing some joint Facebook lives a while ago. She ironically was the one who was like, you could totally turn this into a podcast. And so you know, (laughs) we're going to bring her back instead of just reusing that recording. So we have Casey Joe Orvitas with us today. And she actually is Dr. Casey Joe Orvitas. And I want to let her kind of do a more formal introduction of her self because where your doctorate comes from, I think is super fascinating with being an online health and fitness coach as well. You have something different to offer to the space and I think it's really cool. So welcome, Casey. How are you? Thank you. I'm like a little bit exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. There. So yeah.
2: We. <laughs> yeah, just a lot of like back-to-back travel and things like that. And then not a lot of mm-hmm. sleep and delayed flights and like, what is like mercury and retrograde or whatever oh my you God. want to call blame it on.
1: <laughs> so, I'm feeling that so, so hard. So much. <laughs>
2: yeah. So there's that but I'm here. So yeah, to kind of give a little bit more background, my PhD is in psychology, but I specifically studied growth versus fixed mindset and how that shows up in our health behavior. So how often we exercise, how healthy we eat, how does your mindset like play a role in that? And I think to some degree, everyone knows it does, right? But people don't realize that there's actually like a science behind it. So I quite literally spent nearly five years in the mindset lab at NC State, where I did a lot of this like health behavior change research. During my PhD, I started nutrition coaching. It was sort of just like a side hustle, a fun extra thing. You don't make a lot of money being a PhD student. So it was a nice way to kind of like supplement my income, which was like very, very small. So it was something that I just like really enjoyed doing and was honestly so grateful that I could get paid to do something that I like to do so much. So I was nutrition coaching and I was getting my PhD kind of simultaneously. I never really saw myself like going full time as a nutrition coach. Like you don't do that as a PhD in psychology, right? Mm -hmm. But My business kind of grew. I worked with hundreds and hundreds of clients over the years that I was in my PhD. And when I got to sort of like dissertation time, trying to decide, you know, where I wanted to go with this, I interviewed at some like larger companies within the health and fitness space that it would be really cool to work on their behavior change team and their science teams and things like that. So that was the direction I did want to go. I wasn't thinking that I wanted to stay in academia and be a professor, that sort of thing. And it was just like a lot of like corporate runaround a lot of the time. So people not getting back to emails, like flying me out for interviews and then like, oh, we still want you to talk to someone else and someone else and someone else and all of these things. And it was just very frustrating and got to the point where with one large company, I was at like the six month mark I think from when my first interview was and now was like okay I like need a job (laughs) is this gonna happen or basically was like oh we know where you want to go but where we want to put you but like we're restructuring some teams and blah 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 and I'm like okay but like it's been six months since I did my first interview so at that point I was kind of like well I do have this side hustle that I could grow and like give it a go and see where that goes I knew that I didn't just want to ever be a nutrition coach and just coach I knew that there was so much more I wanted to do like with my PhD in my education, I always kind of went into it like, well, then I want to help other coaches better understand this stuff and integrate it and, and that sort of thing. Because a lot of the times within academia, people, they have this phrase called publish or perish. And that's kind of this idea that you have to just keep pumping out papers and publishing papers and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And, and never, not never, but it's hard to like, actually take that research and put it out into the real world unless like you're spending time on PubMed like every day like scanning for research right. and okay now how am I gonna put this into my coaching practices like it's just like not feasible for people so I really wanted to close that gap too between like the real world and the lab so at that point because I had been kind of like pushed around a little bit by corporate America I was like you know what screw it I have a PhD I can always come back and do this stuff if I want to let me like take a chance on myself and see where this goes and basically have not looked back <laughs> since then and today I kind of like to call my Myself half fitness coach, half psychologist, because they do kind of do those half and half things like I was mentioning. So I still do a little bit of one-on-one coaching. I don't have very many clients myself anymore. Just some folks who've been with me for two to five years at this mm-hmm, point. Yeah. They're sticking with me. And then I have three assistant coaches who work on my team as well. So that's kind of like gen pop, like one-on-one coaching that I do. And then on the other side of things, kind of where I've really put my psychologist cap on, is the health mindset coaching certification. So that's the certification that I developed for health and fitness professionals to go through so they can understand these like foundations of health behavior change and psychology, work through some of those like the nitty gritty aspects of like, self-control and stress and mindset and motivation and habit formation, all of those kinds of concepts as well. And like how to actually implement it into your coaching business, or if you're, you don't own a business just into your coaching practices. So Mm -hmm. I do a little bit of like one-on-one mentoring off of that as well, but yeah, so that's generally kind of like the rundown.
0: I love so much that you were able to just take your love of both things and tie them together so well. And like Kylie said, you bring something so special to this space. And I feel like it's something not many of us are taught. Like for me as a registered dietitian, yes, I was taught like motivational interviewing and all of that fun stuff. But in all reality, it's one semester of those types of Mm -hmm. things. Like I had Mm -hmm. one semester of nutrition counseling, right? Mm -hmm. And the rest of it is kind of things that you have to learn as you go. And luckily for us, like we're pretty empathetic people. We know how to really connect with our clients, but at the same time, there's still so much that we can learn and so -hmm. much that we learn from you as well. Actually, my assistant coach, her name is Courtney. She just signed up for your certification. awesome! Yes, I'm really excited to have that and like have her have that background and bring that to our team. So that's super exciting. Super
1: exciting. Yeah, awesome. I love that. For sure. Yeah. I've been, it's been on my to-do list. I just have like a pile of already purchased certs in my cart. that I <laughs> to Forever. How to get to this stuff. But it's like yeah. every time I see you post about it, I'm like, oh, I want to join this. But I kind of have like impulse education buying problem where I'm just like, Ooh, that <coughs> one, oh, that one, that one. And then I have like four started courses online and I'm just like, okay, when are we going to do yep, these? But I totally get that. <laughs> it's definitely something that I think is incredible and something I say all the time is that I wish I could go back and first of all, I would change what I went to school for to begin with because it wasn't related to any of this but I always say even if I couldn't change it I wish I would have taken more psych classes just Mm -hmm. I think that it plays so heavily into like really anything that we do honestly like you can tailor it so much to health and fitness but just to like understand yourself and like any kind of communication or relationship that you have in any profession I think that that can be so powerful because at the core of what we do and at the core of what most people do it's about how you communicate and if you don't understand the person that you're communicating with and the way that they need to be communicated with to actually Hear you, then it's just you're just gonna go in circles, right? So mm-hmm. I love that. But yeah, and since I think it's really cool that you studied specifically initially with growth and fixed mindsets, I think those are some things that for a while, like I I literally remember when I heard about this and I had never heard of it before and it was not that long ago. And then it felt like it's like this hot thing that everyone talks about all the time now. (laughs) And so I would love for you to kind of give some insight on like what this really means and like how you see it in the space versus like how it's really supposed to be or like what it really means and like really Mm -hmm. where you see it show up for like our audience is primarily like beginner health and fitness clients as well, the gen pops. So what does that kind of look like for you? Yeah, definitely.
2: So, you're totally right and I see the same thing sometimes. I wonder because I'm like so biased in like mindset land <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's just gotten so popular recently." But then I talk to other people, they're like, "Yes, that's I've seen that too." <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like it kind of like came out of nowhere and like really took off, became very, very popular. So, I love that because obviously it means people are talking about it and noticing just like how important it is when it comes to behavior change or coaching or whatever it may be. But at the same time, people, like I said before, people don't realize that there's actually like science behind it. We have like years and years and years of research, mine plus like tons and tons of other researchers to kind of like support evidence-based practices for cultivating a growth mindset or understanding the difference between a growth and fixed mindset and what that looks like and what it means and how it can show up and things like that. So what I see generally is kind of like, I see people trying to put together mindset positive like thinking or like hashtag positive vibes and like manifestation like all in the same thing so it's like oh you just have to have a positive mindset and like that's what you just need to do or just like the like art of attraction, manifest like what you need and like just think about like your successes and blah, blah, blah and visualization. Like it all just kind of like gets conglomerated into this like big thing. And sometimes that's unfortunate because I see that mindset and like manifestation are kind of like put together. It's like it becomes just kind of like this airy fairy woo woo topic that no one really talks about like any kind of scientific evidence behind. And ultimately like, my beliefs, and obviously me being very biased in this space too, is that mindset really is all of those things, right? So manifestation, believe it, don't believe it, whatever you want to do. But to me, it's essentially just like you thinking about like, being successful or where you want to be and things like that. And like keeping those kind of thoughts and not always thinking negatively about everything. And to be honest, that's a really big part of having a growth mindset. So mm-hmm. same goes for just like positive thinking. Like sure, it may involve some like positive thinking, but it's so much more than that. Mm-hmm. It's so like dealing with the negative thoughts or dealing with negative situations and just finding the best way to like navigate through it and get through it on the other side with like some sort of like learning situation or lessons that you can take from it to get better in the future. So not necessarily like... I think a lot of times with manifestation or positive thinking or whatever, it's just sort of like ignoring reality or ignoring like the barriers and challenges that may come up or failures even. And instead, like having a growth mindset just takes it a, a, all that stuff like a step further. It has you kind of like reflect on like, okay, yeah, if something does go bad, that doesn't mean that there's like something wrong with me or I'm not meant to do this. It just means I may need to like shift my strategy a little bit or do things a little bit differently. So it's kind of a long-winded answer, but we can definitely get more into just like the differences between growth and fixed mindset. But I do think it ends up just becoming like this, yeah, just like a broad, like, oh, this is just like how you think about things. And like, truly... At the end of the day, like your mindset, i the definition that I like to use is that it's the lens that you use to see the world through and assign meaning to things and make sense of things. So like hmm. to some degree, yes, we have this kind of broad de- definition, but there's just so many more like variables and facets that are involved that I don't think are often talked about.
0: I definitely agree with that. Again, I think it's something that is so misunderstood and something that it is difficult because the general population is just like the advice is typically just like, have a positive mindset. You'll be good. You know what I mean? But what is really behind quote unquote, having a positive mindset. And like you said, that's not just like ignoring barriers or roadblocks that come up. It's understanding that there's going to be difficult things in your path and you're able to push through them, right? So I think it would be really helpful for our listeners for you to kind of differentiate between like, what does a growth mindset involve and what does a fixed mindset involve? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. So like at the kind of baseline level, we're talking about whether or not you believe in your ability to change or improve or like develop a new skill or something like that. So very, very basic here again. So someone with a growth mindset will think like, oh yeah, I absolutely I can get better at this, I can improve this skill or I can do this thing or something along those lines or someone with a fixed mindset even if it's not something that's super clear in the back of their mind, they may have like hesitations of like, I don't really know if I could actually do this, or I don't really know if I'm like cut out for this, or I don't really know if I can change and improve. I might just be kind of stuck where I'm at. For some people, it's a lot more clear than for others. But I think more often than not, the fixed mindset can be a little bit sneaky and you don't know Mm -hmm. that that's really what's like holding you back necessarily. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the baseline level. Some of the things that I like to talk about just to like further differentiate the two, The three big ones for me, at least, are feedback, setbacks, and success. So feedback, I'm referring to like constructive criticism or when you're getting just like feedback from a significant other or something along those lines, like how do you respond to that feedback? Mm -hmm. Having a growth mindset someone may get that feedback and sure may like staying for a second, but they may go, okay, this, this is an opportunity for me to get better at whatever this is that I'm getting feedback for, mm-hmm. or this is like a learning opportunity so I can like continue to improve. Or someone with a fixed mindset would take that feedback like very personally and feel like attacked. I and mean, that's something we see a lot with sort of like fixed mindset natured people is that they often just take things very personally. And it feels like, It's not the situation. It's not the methods or the strategies. It's like them as a person, which obviously we're going to react much poorly to everything if we feel like people are coming at us versus just like coming at like how we did something. Mm. So that's feedback with setbacks. We could even go as far as like failures or something like barriers or challenges, things like that. How you respond to those things is also very indicative of your mindset. So having a growth mindset and going through some form of setback, it's easier for you to see like, okay, like pick it apart. What did I do wrong? How do I need to like reroute and do something differently next time? What can I learn from this situation to make sure I don't do it again? <laughs> that sort of thing. Whereas having a fixed mindset and running through some sort of setback, that is, again, can feel a little bit more like a personal attack. So it's like, oh, I, like, I knew it all along. Like I knew I would never be able to do it. Like clearly I'm just not meant to be doing this type of thing. So again, it can feel like very just like personal. And I don't want people listening to think that like, you can never take anything personally if you want to have a growth mindset, like you still might, but then it's just how you actually end up taking that information and what you do with it ultimately. Yeah. And then lastly is success. So this is essentially speaking to the success of other people and how you respond to seeing the success of other people. And I know like we can probably all relate to an example of like scrolling through Instagram and seeing people who have like all these nice cars and this big, beautiful family and are like crushing their careers. It's like, why am I not doing that? and maybe you feel like super jealous or you start to think like, oh, they must just have gotten lucky or they have something that I don't have. So I will never be able to do that. That's all like fixed mindset sort of ways of mm-hmm. thinking. Whereas someone with their growth mindset may scroll by, you could still feel a little bit jealous. But then if ultimately you kind of come to the conclusion of like, well, if she was able to do it, then I can do it too. Or even so much as like, Maybe I should reach out and figure out how she was able to do that. And if I can incorporate similar strategies into my life. So, just trying to see those as, as an opportunity for information to learn and then like inspiration that like you can do it as well. So, you can see kind of like with those three big things, the big differences that you might be able to point out. I like to share those too because people often like there may be someone listening to this coming out of the podcast thinking, like, oh, I definitely have a growth mindset. And then they just heard that and were like, shit, yep. <laughs> never mind. Like, I do all all of those things. And I think that that's just where we do see that sort of like disservice of like mindset information being out Mm -hmm. there because people don't realize that that's the case.
1: I think too, something that I'm curious about, and I feel like I've heard you speak on this before, but just to make sure it's clear, do you often see or is it, I guess quote unquote normal for there to be individuals who you are growth mindset or fixed mindset in certain areas of your life and the other in other areas as well. Because I think that's something too, that it's often like as you were going through that list, I was kind of having that happen to me with certain things where Mm -hmm. I was just like, Oh, I always identify as a growth mindset person, but there's some things I'm going through right now that like feel pretty fixed mindset, but then I'm like, oh, when it comes to like fitness or my job. Like I'm very like, is that kind of just very different on individual's experiences and kind of based mm-hmm. upon that or what do you kind of see show up with that?
2: Yeah, I love that you bring that up because that's also like I think just like a common misconception of like what we see out there talk in mm-hmm. mindset talked about mm-hmm. and what we actually know from like research on mindset and like absolutely it's domain specific is how we say it in the literature, yeah. right? So it depends on like the actual like situation or skill or ability that you're talking about. So yeah, absolutely. I'm sure, plenty of people feel like hell yeah, I have a growth mindset when it comes to like my job and my career and like getting promotions and continuing to like get bonuses and like level up. Up and things like that. But then when it comes to health and fitness, like there is no growth mindset to be seen. Like I feel like I keep failing and I'm never going to be able to reach my goals and everything I try doesn't work and things of that nature. So to me, I'm like, yeah, that's a perfect example of where you could be fixed mindset in one area and growth in the other. And I think oftentimes the message is like, just have like this overarching growth mindset when. That's not really helpful when maybe you do in one area, which is why I think people probably would be listening to this and think, well, yes, I have a growth mindset. But then they hear some of these specifics and they're like, oh, wait, do I not? And like, you still could, right? Just Mm -hmm. maybe not in every area of your life. So yeah, that's definitely something that shows up.
0: Yeah, I think that that's very interesting. And honestly, like I find the same thing with myself in certain areas versus others. So it's definitely interesting to kind of evaluate that. So, in terms of people who are starting a health and fitness journey, because I think that one of the biggest things that we always hear is like and say, probably, is that getting started is one of the hardest parts. And then, obviously, like continuing that quote unquote motivation throughout, right? So, for people who kind of have that fixed mindset and they have a lot of barriers that they feel are holding them back, like, what are some ways that you kind of suggest overcoming that and getting started on your health and fitness journey and then continuing on for the longevity of it?
2: Yeah. Motivation is like an interesting subject, especially like with that social media. It's a lot of like, mm-hmm. it's not about a motivation. It's about like determination and all of mm-hmm. these. Self-discipline. Kind of like, yep. It, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. All of those like self-cliché like cliche phrases of that nature. But when it comes to motivation, and I, I think like obviously... Mindset and motivation are definitely connected, but there are different types of motivation that are important if you want to see like long-term change and success. So the two kind of main types of motivation that you'll see talks about are intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. Extrinsic, you can kind of think of like external and intrinsic being like internal. So for extrinsic motivation, this is like you may be getting motivated because someone made a comment that you gained weight like over the holidays, you know, when you saw your family and stuff. And so now it's like, okay, now I have this motivation to like get back into the gym. Or maybe you're doing it for like some sort of like short term event, like a wedding or a vacation or something like that. And like, those things are great to get you started and are like, there's like, definitely we have research that they're still helpful, but when it comes to like going beyond and kind of making this a lifestyle and changing for quote unquote good, that's not always so helpful. So I don't like to necessarily discourage people from like, Using those things as motivation. Obviously, like, I'm sorry if someone told you that you look like you've gained weight and now that's like the reason why you're in the gym. But, like, unfortunately, that's a lot of people. So, Mm -hmm. I don't want people to listen and be like, okay, well, that's why I got started. Should I stop? Like, no, that's not the answer either. But what we want to do is try to find and kind of cultivate some intrinsic motivation, especially if we don't have any already. Mm -hmm. So, with the intrinsic side of things, more like internal motivation, this is essentially like call it passion or drive or things like, for instance, like I go to the gym because it's part of who I am. So it's like an identity thing at this point, or it's just something that like I do. And as part of my life, it makes me feel my best things of that nature. So those types of things, as you can tell, just like the differences in me, like describing these examples, you can see where like intrinsic motivation may be like, okay, yeah, that's going to be like a long time thing. Yeah. Whereas extrinsic motivation, like not so much. So when it comes to getting started, like I'd be any type of motivation, you can get a you're going to get your hands on great, but Mm -hmm. also understanding that, Motivation itself is fleeting, which we all know, right? Mm-hmm. Ask any health and fitness professional if they're motivated every day. Like no one's going to say yes. Mm-hmm. So like I was absolutely not motivated today. I like barely can keep my eyes open. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I still went because I felt better afterwards regardless. Mm-hmm. So not relying on it fully. I'm writing a book right now. Don't get too excited because it will be probably multiple years
1: before it actually comes to fruition. It's so funny but, that you just say that. <laughs> right before you hopped on this podcast, Kara was like, I feel like everybody is writing books right now. Like I'm, like, should I be writing a book? <laughs> like doing that's the whole so comparison thing. You like literally just linked so many things together, like comparing oh, that's yourself, hilarious. like, should I be doing this? And then you're literally also writing books. So it's just, Oh, that's I really funny. It. Yeah. I, I
2: started <laughs> in January is October and I've written one chapter and like, it's a proposal. So I'm like getting to the oh point where before I like pitch it to publishers. So, but that's the awesome. ch- sample chapter that I wrote, is on motivation. Thing is like super beefy, right? Mm-hmm. I actually don't even remember where I was going with this, but essentially, mm-hmm. <laughs> this, oh, okay, I remember the analogy that I was using like throughout this chapter is that motivation is like just one tool of the toolbox, right? But I feel right. like so often people rely on it so heavily. Mm-hmm. And when they like don't need the tool or can't find the tool or whatever, it's like, all right, well, I can't do it. When in reality, there's so many other tools in the toolbox that you can use, but it is definitely fleeting. It's not something I think so often people think that. Oh, like I just need to get a little bit more motivation. Or I just need to find the motivation, and I'll be like good to go. And like the reality is like probably not. right? There's probably yeah. a lot more things that you need to worry about in addition to like trying to cultivate some motivation. And a lot of times this is where mindset does kind of get hooked in because you have a fixed mindset about this thing that you're trying to get motivated for you're going to have a very hard time doing so, right? Like who wants to get motivated to do something that they don't actually feel like they can actually do? Exactly. That's not going to happen, right? So having a growth mindset and thinking like, okay, the right strategies, enough practice, enough time and effort, all this stuff, like I'll figure it out. I got it. Like it's a lot easier to get motivated and get up and like go to the gym or eat healthy if in the back of your mind, you're like, I know I can be successful. It's just a matter of like putting the effort and putting the work in and kind of figuring out what works best for me. So it definitely ties in pretty closely.
0: That's so powerful. And I'm so happy that... We dove into that because I think a lot of our listeners and clients as well need to understand that. And just like that whole notion of having tools in the toolbox and understanding Mm -hmm. that motivation is not your only driver whenever it comes to becoming somebody who is into health and fitness or goes and works out or whatever it may be. And I think a lot of that, again, like for you, Casey, you said it. At this point, it's kind of an identity thing. And that's something that I also talk with my clients about as well is like, understanding that you kind of have to start identifying yourself as that person mm-hmm. who is a healthy and fit person or who does meal prep or go to the gym or whatever it may be because like if you what book is it from is it atomic habit yeah yeah, yeah. and that's just that's been something that has definitely been like pivotal in even just like me as like a business owner because i never used to identify myself as a business right. owner you know what there i mean there you go yeah So just Mm -hmm. shifting that even mindset toward identifying yourself as somebody who does these things is huge. Mm -hmm. I feel like.
2: Yeah. And I think just also, if you don't feel like, well, I can't do that yet because I'm not there yet, or I haven't put like enough reps in or whatever it may be, just pretend, like pretend or like start to think to yourself, what would that version of me do? Like in certain situations when you're trying to make decisions or whatever it may be, it's like, driving home from work to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go. Like, I'm so exhausted. It's like, okay, but like, what would future Casey do or future Kara do or what would that look like? And it's like, okay, well, she would weigh like pros and cons and see like how tired is she really? Should it be a rest day? because she get enough sleep? Or is she just feeling lazy? And like, make like the most... Logical decision from there, knowing that like getting a workout in was the original plan and like Mm -hmm. just like working through that a little bit more, like logically based on like who you want to be, having that like conversation with yourself could be really powerful too.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I love that. How often do you encounter like, I think there's a couple different directions to go with this. So I'm going to try to be as clear as possible, (laughs) but when you have clients or different people that you experience where they have reached that, especially those extrinsic goals that they've often, especially if they haven't developed that intrinsic goal or maybe they have that and they reach a goal or they get really close to a goal and you start noticing that's when they start struggling to Mm -hmm. kind of stay the course. Like, and I know you can kind of dive into things when it comes to like self-sabotage and stuff like that and what happens with Mm -hmm. that and like that lack of identity connection. But what I actually really have noticed lately in myself, and this is actually something We all as coaches were together in Vegas a couple weeks ago and we were having this conversation and I brought you up from a podcast. I cannot remember that you were on where you were talking about that toxic side of the growth mindset that people don't talk about. And Mm -hmm. I think that for some individuals, that is something that is really real that you get to this point where I just had this conversation with a client recently where she was just like, I am starting to just get upset because like I keep reaching all these huge milestones. Like she had lost like 80 pounds. I talked about her on this other Mm -hmm. thing and she was just like, and then I like still don't feel like fulfilled because I'm just like, well now what's next? Mm -hmm. Like what's next? And Mm -hmm. we were kind of all at that place in our careers. We were all just like, really basically like beating ourselves up and not acknowledging your accomplishments because you're just like, where's that next thing? Like having that growth mindset in that category. And at what point Mm -hmm. that starts to be a hindrance and like, what are some things that if you have them to navigate, it's like ingrained in my mind, you telling that story about sitting around with your girlfriends and being like, when is this going to be enough? And I think like that applies to, I think that some clients start to kind of have that fear as well when they sign up for this thing to be like this short-term means to a goal. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that all just like circles back to having this like longer identity with it rather than always having a goal or I don't know if there's really even a question in that. But yeah, <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 And I think this
2: might have been the podcast with Erin Diamond, maybe. Uh
1: Maybe, yeah.
2: It may have been. I'm like, I feel like I kind of, I, I do so many podcasts and I'm like, I yeah. feel like I remember this conversation with her because actually mm-hmm. our conversation was a little bit different than like other podcasts I always have done, yeah. which was like refreshing. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's definitely an interesting thing to talk about it's sort of like there's two different things here so there's like the double-edged sword effect of a growth mindset which is essentially this idea that like you finally come to this like realization that you can change and you're like in control of your ability to improve and do new things and get better and be successful like once you come to that realization maybe you started to see it for yourself a little bit or like like essentially once you've developed a growth mindset then you start to like look at yourself and think like where you're at whether that's in your career how and fitness, relationships, whatever. You start to look at that and you're like, okay, well, I'm not where I want to be with this stuff. I am pretty upset with where I currently am. And now that I've realized that I'm in control of all this stuff, I feel like shit (laughs) because it's my fault. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the double-edged sword effect. And we noticed that in the research a lot where essentially helping people develop a growth mindset is great for like their success and to like get better in certain areas of life. But it comes at the cost of often like increasing feelings of like, Body dissatisfaction, or shame, or blame, or guilt, and things like that, and that's really difficult, right? Because it's like, how do we encourage a growth mindset while also making people feel that they don't need to be upset with where they currently are? So that's kind of like the double-edged sword effect that we see, and that kind of lines up well with the sort of like dark side of a growth mindset, where you are just like constantly like. I still don't have enough. Like, okay, I achieve this. Like, I still don't have enough. Like, I got a PhD. Still don't have enough. Like, successful business. Okay, now I want more. And just like a little bit of that obviously is good because it's drive, right? Otherwise, you're not going to want to like keep going and keep pushing and keep like working towards new goals. And like, essentially, that's what life is, right? Is like setting another goal and succeeding. And then like, okay, now I got to set another one and then trying to work towards that one. And it's not, I don't think personally that it is a bad thing unless it's starting to like, hinder your mental health or how you feel about yourself or your relationships with other people. Like in that case, it's like, okay, let's do a little bit of like inner work here and figure out what's going on. But otherwise it could be as simple as like, yeah, you are achieving goals that you set for yourself. Like congratulations. That's amazing. Right. Those are kind of the things that I definitely see at play. And as far as like advice goes to work through those things, I think first determining like, how much is it really like impacting your day-to-day life Mm -hmm. and how negative is it showing up in your life? And if you think about it and you're like, um, it's not too bad. Like some days I feel like maybe a little bit anxious about like, I still want more, like I'm not where I want to be yet. And like, to me, it like, it kind of falls in line with like imposter syndrome sometimes too. Like maybe just trying to reframe that into like, this isn't really a bad thing. It's what's helping me continue moving forward and continuing to be successful. Then like, so be it, right? But if you do feel like it severely, or at least in a way that's like, Messing up, like I said before, relationships with yourself or other people, whatever it may be, then it's kind of like, what else we need to do beyond just like, of course, reframing is still going to be a big one and like trying to see it as like something else that could be potentially actually beneficial to you. Like, I like to tell people in a lot of different situations to try to just see what life would be like if it was the opposite. So, if right now you're like, okay, I'm finding myself being extra anxious and like always thinking about like what's next and not like focusing on the present or like not celebrating wins and things like that it's really starting to show up negatively in my life think to yourself okay well what would the opposite situation of this be it's like you're never anxious you're super comfortable you never feel like anything pushing you to like do more you're probably pretty like stagnant but like happy there like does that sound good to you so to like kind of see that other side of like what would be the complete opposite of this it's like no I'd be like bored as shit I <laughs> would want like more like pizzazz in my life and more like things to push me and make me want to like level up and things of that nature. So kind of trying to take the time to think like, okay, what would this look like if I didn't have this and I had the opposite of that can put things into perspective of like, okay, wait, I can see where I can reframe my current situation a little bit differently now because like, I don't want that either. So that can be really helpful. But other than that, yeah, just like generally reframing it, talking to other people who go through it so you don't, you don't feel alone and doing your best to kind of like normalize that. That's where like you had mentioned that you're like talking to other coaches and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's so awesome. Like that's mm-hmm. great. That's exactly what I would recommend just to see like, okay, so other people <laughs> feel this way too. That's good to know. And I don't think you'll ever find a successful person that hasn't felt that way, truly. So like keeping that in mind too, that it's kind of just like, part of the success to trajectory is feeling like there's always more for you to achieve and guess what like there probably is that's the truth so a little bit of like acceptance is can go so so far in this too just to know that like okay yeah there's more to do i'm not there yet but i will get there eventually or there is this other thing that i want to get better at and i don't really have the time for it but like i'll get to it eventually like i know it's there i'm aware of it that sort of thing so There's a lot of different directions I can keep going with this, but those are some general like points of advice, I suppose.
0: Yeah. And I think that that can tie so heavily into your health and fitness journey. The part about acceptance is just so huge because I think that that's something that like I get asked all like, how do you keep, Going? Like, how do you know that you're going to get to where you want to be? How do you continue to just like wake up every day and do this every single day, day in and day out? And right. And it's that acceptance, it's that acceptance of knowing that there are always going to be new goals to hit. And there's never really a quote unquote end point to this Mm -hmm. journey that you're on. And I think that that ties really heavily into something else that we wanted to talk about is kind of the concept of like, instant gratification versus Mm -hmm. delayed gratification because this is something that is so difficult for a lot of our clients to accept the fact that you have to put in a lot of work now to maybe not reap the benefits right away, but in the long term, we will. And just understanding that like, this is going to take longer than you think it will. Mm -hmm. So just kind of tying that into like, what would you say are kind of the maybe even just like the biggest pieces of advice in coming to terms with delayed gratification versus always wanting those results so freaking quickly.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think that there's definitely some overlap to what I was just discussing too, Mm -hmm. which makes sense. A lot of times we see that in just like the world of psychology that there's a lot of overlap between like different topics that we're discussing. But... Mm -hmm. First and foremost like understanding a little bit of like acceptance and like normalizing around this that like as human beings we are going to prefer mm-hmm. what's instantly gratifying versus like what is going to help benefit us in the long term. We are biologically wired to desire what's instantly gratifying to us and like what will make us feel better in the moment versus like understanding and pushing off that long-term reward. So mm-hmm. Hearing that though, what I always worry about is like, I say this and I'm like, crap, no, people are gonna leave this conversation <laughs> having a fixed mindset thinking like, well, I'm wired this way. So whatever, like, I guess I'm yeah. stuck here. But the reality is you can rewire your brain to a degree. Like we know like neuroplasticity is a real thing. It's essentially mm-hmm. kind of changing the connections that you have in your brain, like developing new ones, getting rid of old ones. Neurogenesis is also the thing, which is quite literally like creating like new brain cells in your brain. And only mm-hmm. up until like, I'm going to say maybe a decade ago, maybe a little bit more, we didn't think that your brain was really changeable past like a certain age. And so now we're seeing that like JK, like it really is. So understanding that too, it's actually, these are the messages that we often would use in mindset research to help cultivate a growth mindset in people is like sort of this very basic brain science about neuroplasticity and how your brain is constantly changing based on the experiences that you have, the effort that you put in, the skills that you learn, like your brain's always changing and growing. So with that said, even though Our sort of default mode is instant gratification. That doesn't mean we can't shift away from it. Some of the things that can be really helpful in kind of getting away from that like desire for instant gratification is trying to stop the pattern that causes it in the first place. So if you are coming home from work and the first thing you do is like pour a glass of wine, eat some snacks while you're cooking dinner. Like before you know it, you've had like three glasses of wine and probably like a thousand calories worth of like random stuff in your pantry. Mm -hmm. And that can feel like, okay, yes, that was instantly gratifying, right? Even though you may have this like health and fitness long-term goal in mind, that's like what you wanted and what made you feel good in the moment, but then it doesn't last obviously. So in those minutes where you're having this like, desire for instant gratification thinking to yourself okay like once you're starting to feel like this is what I want how can you stop the pattern and it really requires like a lot of information a lot of awareness which essentially is information I suppose <laughs> a lot of awareness and continuing to like practice this over time and not like giving up in situations of like sometimes yes you will have a setback but remember with the growth mindset like that setback is just more information for you to kind of continue to grow and learn and get better so kind of trying to figure out where that pattern starts with the instant mm-hmm. gratification and how you can just like stop it even just momentarily like grab a glass of water instead like go and get the mail instead like just little things like that to just give you a little bit more like breathing room and room to like actually think about what you want and what's going to make you feel the best and what's the best for you in the next six hours 12 hours two days next week in <laughs> six months from now like what is again kind of coming back to that like ideal self like what's the best for that person and what would that person do? So. It's really hard though to make space to have that like conversation with yourself without interrupting that pattern in some way. So that's something that I really like to share. And in addition to just stress, stress is like the killer of everything, basically, which we know. <laughs> but it's really difficult here because essentially where your instant gratification lives is different than where your self-control lives in your brain. So self-control you'll find like in your prefrontal cortex, which is like the big lobe behind your forehead. It's like the most developed, like for us in the 20th century type of thing. Whereas instant gratification lives in like the midbrain region of your brain. So that's like where we see things like habits and sort of like automatic behaviors, fear driven, emotion driven behaviors, things like that. So what happens when we're under stress is that midbrain region is where the majority of our mental resources go and our prefrontal cortex is like essentially turned off to a degree. So if we're trying to have deliberate decision-making, exert self-control, have a lot of like attention to something like being in a stressed out state, it's very hard to do those things. So the more you can insert just like stress relieving practices or not be in a stressful state when you're having to like be in a situation where you don't want to choose the instant gratification, the better. So Those are two like pattern interrupt and stress reduction is kind of like the really big dial movers for this stuff.
0: Yeah, I totally agree, especially with like the pattern interrupt. And also like that's something that I discuss heavily with my clients and also just thinking to the future. Like so many times, even with myself, like I'll find myself in the moment, like if I'm having a glass of wine or whatever, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, like... I really want another glass of wine, right? I literally think, okay, 15 minutes from now or like 20 minutes, whatever, I can slug back some Moscato pretty quickly, okay? But (laughs) once I finish that second glass of wine, will I look back and be like, did I really need that? Was it really Mm. worth it? Like, what did it truly do for me? And typically, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at myself thinking like, I future Cara probably didn't need that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So really just thinking to the future and I think it makes it even more powerful when you can ask yourself, in like a short amount of time, like in 15 or 20 minutes after I down half a bag of chips, how am I going to feel?
1: I think getting to that point to have that level of like awareness and even have that conversation with yourself though, is like, it feels insurmountable to people when they're getting started, like to even just pause before that. And that's something that I know we both try to do with our clients is like, just start that habit. Like, even if you don't succeed at it right away, like even just stopping to ask yourself that, because like the reality is, I think when you're getting started, sometimes you might stop and like pause and ask that. And the answer might be like, Mm -hmm. yeah, fuck it. I still want it. Like, and I'm always like, that's fine. Like starting yeah. just habit of even asking yourself, like eventually totally. you're going to see that you like had to think about it. And then after you're going to start to notice, like, because you had to stop and think about it later, maybe you'll be more aware of how it did make you feel because you asked that question. Mm-hmm. And then the next time that might change your answer. And it just all goes back to that idea. I think of like those tools in your toolbox, right? That you were kind of referring to and like having those and something that a friend of mine, Hannah Dindorfer actually, that she had told me once was that I think that, relates a lot to things that my clients go through when they have learned these things and they get better at them. And then they have a day where they mess it up or they Mm -hmm. struggle. And she had told to me about my own situation and she was like, you know, you have all these tools, but like some days you might like go to click it and it's like grayed out. And it's like, Mm. it's still there, but like, it's just, it's grayed out that day. But like that toolbox is still like in your browser window. So like maybe Mm -hmm. the next time then when you go back, like one of those things is like, not great out anymore. Like you didn't lose all of those skills. And I think a lot of times, as people, and I definitely see this in clients, that's kind of how they feel. And maybe that's part of that fixed mindset. Like you said, it all overlaps where you have this mistake or you don't use the tool one day that you were on a streak with doing. And then you're like, Oh my God, like I thought I was making so much progress and that I had like overcome this thing and now I'm just suffering or I'm I was not cut out for this or like mm. I, you know, I didn't really learn this skill. I'm a failure. And you internalize all of those things when in reality it's like a big deal that you even like know that you have those tools. <laughs>
2: like, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah.
1: yeah. It is yeah. interesting because we could like go down the rabbit
2: hole of like how being more self-aware can actually be detrimental because then you just like overthink everything and you start to see like, okay, you see maybe where you are messing up more than you did before. Mm -hmm. And before you're just like, I don't understand why this is not working out. And now you're like, wow, (laughs) it's my fault. So yeah, it can definitely take you down a place and you just have to essentially be prepared that more awareness of yourself and of your mindset and of like your current like motivation, like pretty much everything we've talked about so far can lead you to a place of like, essentially, this is what I was mentioning with like the double-edged sword effect of like, okay, so I did this to myself and like, can I get out of it? Now, like just having a growth mindset though, knowing that you can, can be a really helpful in those situations where you start to like uncover all of this information, like good or bad, because now you know that like even the bad information is actually helpful information. So trying to get there, like that's like the best space to be in.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. I love that you mentioned that because like... I don't think a lot of people talk about that. They talk about this work that you do to be self-aware and things like that. And that's actually a conversation like my therapist had to have with me recently where she was like, Mm. sometimes your self-awareness is a detriment to you. Like, Mm. because you're almost too self-aware. Like you're constantly like, you've done like a lot of this education stuff and you consume a lot of these things in an effort to like do the work per se. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you like kind of, like you just said, you overthink and you go into these spirals then of like, oh, well, this is all like a problem with me. And like, where does this come from? And like, why am I behaving like this? And Mm -hmm. I think that there's, it's like you said, there's just, there's a dark side of all of this positive stuff always. And you kind Mm -hmm. of have to figure out how to like walk that line of not Mm -hmm. falling into one side or the other. And it's, it's difficult. And I think that's why it's so important to have people like you in the space and like bring you on for these kind of conversations. So even if anything, it's just to, like you said, make people realize like, they're not
0: alone in these things happening totally. to them. <laughs> mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. So, I think one last thing we really wanted to touch on here before we hop off is just kind of transitioning a little bit and asking you about, because we were talking before this about Mercury being in retrograde, like there's something (laughs) in the air. And Uh this is something that I've had a lot of clients come to me about. And Kylie, I know you as well, but like a lot of anxiety being present and just a lot of like feeling like I am so anxious. I don't know how to get done the things that I need to get done within my day to day, Mm. within my health and fitness journey. Can you shed some light on that or even just give some insight into like feeling that way and still being able to meet goals that feel good for you and make decisions that are going to get you one step closer to the goal when you feel like things are crashing down around you.
2: Yeah, definitely. I have something I can share. I don't know if it's quite what you were looking for. So you can let me know. But this is something I talk to not only like health and fitness clients, but also like business clients about is like, the massive to-do list that just makes you feel like you're never actually getting anything done because you have a to-do list of 100, you got like four things done and you feel like a failure like every single day mm-hmm. to actually use a different method for like mapping out what your days are going to look like. So mm-hmm. something that I was dealing with a lot of this where it was like, I just feel like there's always so many things that I could be doing that every day I just felt like, gosh, I like sure maybe I move the needle a little bit, but like it's not enough. Yeah. Actually trying to take some time to map out what I kind of like came up with was like essentially three to five like critical things you absolutely have to get done every day, right? What are those three things? Like, okay, if I get these three things done, I will feel like I got enough done today. I will like essentially give myself permission that like this was good enough for the day. And obviously those three things every single day are going to add up by the end of the month. Like you'll have that massive to-do list done and not have had as much anxiety (laughs) around it. And then the next thing is to I will map out like, two things that one to two things that are like, okay, if I get those three to five things done, then I can like tackle maybe these one to two other like smaller tasks or things that maybe aren't as immediate or something like that. Just so it's there. So it's kind of like not a big deal if they totally skip them over. Like that's fine. You can move them over to the next day, but like they're there just in case like I crush it. And I want to even get more done than I have those things kind of already mapped out. And then the other thing is one to two things that you're going to just do for yourself that day. Because the problem with a lot of this is that we just like end up with this massive to-do list and we're like running around and like, I don't feel like I'm getting enough done, blah, 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 that we definitely don't take care of ourselves either. So whether that's like getting a workout in, taking like two 10-minute walks, like making lunch for yourself with like... The harvest box that you got in the mail, or whatever it may Mm -hmm. be, just like making sure that you put that in there too, as like because that's like just as important as everything else is, especially when it comes to like those feelings of like anxiety or overwhelm Mm -hmm. or whatever. So that kind of shift and just like strategy as far as like planning out your days, I feel like has been really helpful for me and those that I've kind of enlisted (laughs) to try it as well. It's actually not something that I've had to do. In a long time, what's interesting, it was one of those things where it's like, let me try this for a little bit. And it made me feel so much better that even if I don't do it on days, I still am like, oh, like I can think back and be like, okay, but I got some of those big rocks like done today. And so I feel pretty good about that. So it just allowed me to kind of like garner a new perspective, essentially, even if I'm not like specifically writing stuff down. So yeah, I don't know if that's helpful.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think that honestly just like set in stone the method that I use with my clients as well. That's kind of the exact same tactic that I always try to have them implement and my own self too. And that's so, so helpful for sure. Yeah.
1: And I'll tell clients like, I'm like this list of things can adapt as it is like what you're going through. Like if I have a client who's just like genuinely going through something like really tough with like, whether it's like a genuine anxiety disorder or it's some kind of things going on with their family or their spouse or something. I'm like those three priorities for you this week might be like taking that 20 minute walk outside, journaling and like drinking water. Like that might be the three things that right. like you get to feel like you checked it off. And for other clients that if they're just trying to like, get back on the wagon from like falling off of like where they were out, their fitness protocols, I'm like, why don't we just get back to like, just the habit of tracking your food, even if you're not hitting the goals, getting back to, you know, let's take that walk or drink the water, like whatever that looks like, that's going to be not overwhelming. So you can kind of, it's almost like racking up the way that you were explaining it to me, just like wins. Like it's like that way you can Mm -hmm. get to the end of the day and not feel like such a failure rather than having like this checklist of like, well, I didn't make it to the gym and I was short a thousand steps and my carbs were off by this. And like, now I'm just this big failure and that's why I'm never Mm going to get it. And then the next day starts over and you're just like, I couldn't do it yesterday. So why the hell could I do it today? And it's just this vicious cycle. Whereas like you just said, even if it's not accelerating us to the degree we would like it to be, if you are checking off your protein and your water and taking a walk every day, you're going to be further in a couple of weeks than if you were just like scattering and hitting like pieces of seven things. Right. So yeah, right, right. I think that's really valuable for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, Casey, thank you so, so much. This was so valuable for our listeners and clients for sure. So we have two questions for you that we ask all of our guests. So the very first question is, what is your favorite carbohydrate? <laughs> mm, oh man, there's so many good ones though.
1: And also, is it like pure carb or can I have <laughs> a few grams of fat in there? We <laughs> like you, you, you can tell fat. that we bring on fitness coaches primarily to this because everyone has like such specifics, like they're like nutrient-dense source or like pure carb source, or like fun, <laughs> like whatever, or like j- <laughs> right. just carb, like whatever's a carb. It's like
0: some you, form of carb. You can have some fat in there though, for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. So honestly. Maybe it's because it's just like recency bias, but my dad makes homemade bread. This is I mean, mostly carbs. Oh my God. He makes God. homemade sourdough bread. Oh, it, sourdough. Like, and like just a little bit of butter on it. It's like bread and butter. is just like so overrated. Yeah. or oh, <laughs> not Underrated, God, yeah. underrated yeah. not overrated. I think to me, and especially because it's like also baked from my dad, like it's cute. Yeah. So I think I'll have to go with that as my first I
0: definitely grew up with butter bread as like a side staple. Oh, so, up. no. <laughs> my mother would
1: not have a meal without and even if it was just like the sliced bread from yeah. like the normal loaf with like butter at the table, it was oh, totally. always there. Like she, I remember her distinctly being like, it's not a meal without it. that. So that's, that's too funny. funny. I love it. Yes. Our other question then is just shameless plug time. So where can our listeners find you? What all platforms are you on? Where do you want to plug? Anything that you've got going on? I know you have like right now your certification for any mm-hmm. coaches that might be listening. We do have some of those. So just anything and everything with Casey Joe that is going on that you want to share? Yeah, definitely. So main place you can probably find me and come hang out and consume content
2: is Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time. So I'm Coach Casey Joe over there. I'm not even going to try to bother with telling you to go to TikTok because I haven't opened the app in like six (laughs) months. So go to Instagram for now. And then as far as like programs and offerings that I do have. I have it all listed on my website. That's probably the best place to go. So that is kjocoaching.com. Relatively easy. And you can kind of click around and look at the different programs, whether you're a coach or you're kind of more general population type of thing. I I have stuff for everybody. So come on over.
1: And you guys, at the beginning of the episode, if you need to refresh, she kind of dived into what she's doing with that certification for coaches. So definitely check that out. And just thank you so much for joining us. This has been awesome.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. Guys, if this episode resonated with you, make sure that you leave us that five-star rating and review and go ahead and tag myself, Kylie, and Casey and Not Your Quick Fix podcast. Share us on your stories. And we will definitely be linking Casey's Instagram and website in the show notes so you guys have access to that. So we will talk to you all next time.